गुड मॉर्निंग एवरीबाडी आई स्निग्ध शर्मा आई एम गोइंग टू प्रेजेंट द हिंदू एडिटोरियल डेटेड फिफ्थ अक्टूबर This podcast is for those who do not have time to read newspaper themselves. Let's get started. Happy preparations. Hi guys, the first article of the day is Lost in the Border Crisis Political Ownership. This article is written by Sushant Singh and the subtitle says using the defense forces as a shield may be politically profitable by the government but is damaging for India. In October 2017 when India's external affairs minister SJ Shankar was the foreign secretary he appeared before the parliamentary standing committee on external affairs to depose to depose on the 73rd day long doklam standoff. In two separate dispositions he underlined to the committee that the issue on the Sino-India Bhutan border is more of attempting to alter the status quo on the ground. It is this aspect that transforms a transgression into a larger diplomatic and political issue, shifting the matter from the domain of the armed forces to that of foreign policy. Armed forces as a cover Three years later it is now clear that China has unilaterally altered the status quo on the line of actual control in Ladakh over the past 5 months and at multiple points as in Mr Jay Shankar's benchmark it has become transformed into a larger diplomatic and political issue but the armed forces are still fronting the issue whether in bilateral talks or in public communications Once the matter had moved away from the domain of the armed forces attention should have shifted from the military to the government as a public face of the crisis however that has not been the case so far as the government has been keen to shield itself from public criticism by demanding unquestioning support from the armed forces tightly embracing the military and pushing it to the forefront of domestic public imagination is an insurance policy for political leadership when it is facing severe criticism civil military relation theorists have long warned against the participation of armed forces in domestic political roles in democracies especially in times of a crisis micromanagement of the type we have witnessed during the ladakh crisis where the precise agenda and specific arguments of the indian military delegations during the talks have been decided at the highest level of government in delhi has drawn the armed forces into the political debate if stark political divisions over this issue excavate it could draw the military even deeper into the political slugfest a situation best avoided Peter D Fever's research shows that linking the prestige of the military to debatable political decisions as the government has attempted carries with it the potential for reduced overall public confidence in the military and increased doubts about the military's competence truthfulness and dimensions of trustworthiness Kimen mixed signals The government is headed by the prime minister who is a master at public communications and not short of words on any issue 
he regularly speaks directly to the people either through his own radio shows by updates on social media platforms through his public speeches broadcast on television channels or his addresses to the nation he has been however conspicuous either by his silence on the border crisis or by his labored effort to avoid mentioning china by name The one time he chose to speak in detail on the issue was during the all party meeting on June 19 called by the government to discuss the violence on the India China border where he said na koi wahan hamara seema mein ghus aaya hai aur na koi ghusa hua hai na hi hamari koi post kisi dusre ke kabze mein hai no one has intruded and nor is anyone intruding nor has any post been captured by someone is rather convoluted convoluted formulation that needed an elaborate official clarification handed the chinese officials an argument they have gleefully used to embarrass the indian interlocutors in all bilateral negotiations thereafter from his cabinet the external affairs minister has not spoken at any great length about the border crisis although he has held multiple events related to the launch of his new book the india way strategies for an uncertain world only the defense minister who was the first to confirm the border crisis in a news television interview delivered a carefully prepared statement in parliament on september 15th the statement was factually correct correct but did not leave anyone better informed at the end of it he took no question from members of parliament denying the indian citizen an opportunity to have authoritative information and form her own views about the government's decision making compared to this to the reality in the british parliament where some of the toughest questions on the most sensitive issues are thrown at the prime minister who has to answer them as a measure of his accountability to the people the presiding officer of the rajya sabha as a defense minister to brief the leaders of opposition separately but there has been no such briefing even two weeks later and parliament has been prorogued the country still does not know whether the cabinet committee on security which is the highest authority in the country on matters of national security has met and discussed the grave border crisis in the past 5 months in contrast the previous national democratic alliance government had conducted official daily briefings during the 1999 kargil war and senior ministers were available to answer the media's questions the government's argument for not taking any questions in parliament was a surmise that these were sensitive operational issues which cannot be discussed in public it holds little credence going by the operational details shared by the top armed force officials in official media briefings it means that there are enough relevant aspects that can be made public without comp- compromising military operations or national security a more viable argument in support of the govern- government's stance is that every government needs a free hand during negotiations and making information public ties ties its hands for any give and take during parleys for example the government may have hypothetically wanted to ignore the territory china has increased in ladakh after me if it could have a firm commitment from Be- beijing on delineating the international boundary that would not have been possible had the prime minister told the indian public on june 19 that china now denies india access to more than 1000 square kilometer of territory in ladakh 
he would be under pressure to publicly ask the military to throw the chinese out by stating that no chinese soldiers were in indian territory he retained the flexibility to clinch such a hypothetical deal on public opinion however democratic governments can use public opinion to strengthen their hand during negotiations and to avoid making concessions to the other party pakistani leader zulfikar ali bhutto did it during the 1972 shimla negotiations after pakistan's loss in the 1971 bangladesh war nearer home prime minister atal bihari vajpayee nudged the opposition parties to hold public protests against plans to send indian troops to iraq in 2003 and india his deputy lk advani had agreed to in washington dc the excuse of adverse public opinion allowed vajpayee to pull back from advani's assurance to the americans wanted official information The lack of official information about the crisis has been damaging in other ways too. Not only are people uninformed, they are also misinformed by the gung-ho jingoistic hypernationalist commentators and journalists who have hyped up the Indian military and diplomatic capabilities. They desire to believe the most exaggerated version of events showing India in the greatest light has put more pressure on this muscular government which cannot afford to be seen as weak. The gravest warning of keeping the people in the dark comes from neighboring Pakistan. On the day its armed forces surrendered to India and Dhaka on December 1971, the Pakistan media was running reports of a glorious military win. A more honest dissemination of information prevents such situations from developing. This can have damaging consequences for the country going forward. India is facing a grave crisis on its borders which shows no sign of ending. As an issue in the middle of a raging novel coronavirus pandemic and a plummeting economy, it needs a whole-of-government approach directly under the visible leadership of the Prime Minister. But the government seems shy of taking ownership of the crisis, instead placing the armed forces as the public face of the challenge. Having the uniform as a shield to avoid democratic accountability may be politically profitable for the government, but it carries the risk of aggravating and uh, aggravating the crisis and hurting India. Well, Sushant Singh is a journalist and a former Indian Army officer. Thank you. With this article, we'll move on to the next article within few minutes. Hi guys we are moving towards the next article that is transforming business and the insolvency system this article is written by rajiv kumar and desh gaurav sikri the prime minister mentioned the insolvency and bankruptcy court ipc 2016 as one of the key legislative reforms that would help aid india's path to self reliance on a high growth trajectory The IPC along with the goods and services tax regime among other key reforms were helping in significantly improving the ease of doing business in India and enabling it to emerge as a make for world platform. He also credited these reforms for a surge in foreign direct investment into India in 2019 to 2020 to the tune of nearly 74.5 billion dollar. or a significant increase of 20% from the previous year a key reform step the ibc has been a far ranging and structural 
structurally significant reform that has transformed insolvency resolution in India. Replacing a rather inefficient bankruptcy law regime, the IBC has focused on time-bound resolution rather than liquidation as an empowering tool to support companies falling within its ambit. It has successfully instilled confidence in the corporate resolution methodology and perhaps more importantly on creative creating a possibility for the creditors recouping some of their investments and firms being liquidated or going in for resolution. Its core implication has been to allow credit to flow more freely to and within India while promoting investor and investee confidence. Despite the suspension of the IBC for limited duration due to the COVID-19 pandemic, in the short, mid- medium and long term, it will prove to have been a timely reform. It will gra- greatly streamline insolvency processes in a sustainable, efficient and value-retaining manner. India unfortunately suffers from a serious backlog in court cases to the tune of nearly 4 crore matters pending final judgment. The novel coronavirus pandemic is likely to excarpate this. The enforceability of contracts has been a challenge. On an average, it takes as many as 1,445 days for a contract to be enforced, and that too at a cost of nearly 31% of the acclaimed values. This is simply unacceptable. Criminal Penalties Along with further streamlining and reinforcing the IBC, the Government of India is also working toward decriminalization of minor offences. Niti Aayog is playing an active role in this exercise, which will significantly reduce the risk of imprisonment for actions or omissions that are not necessarily fraudulent or an outcome of malefied intent. Criminal penalties including imprisonment for minor offences act as major deterrents for investors. The government's intent is to help differentiate between good faith mistake and intentional bad faith actions so as to penalize the former and criminalize the latter. Moves that will help. Other legislative measures that will further improve the investment climate include the rolling out of the commercial courts, commercial divisions and the commercial appellate divisions act 2014. 2015 to allow district court level commercial courts and the removing of over 1,500 obsolete and archaic laws. Together with the IBC, these highlight a major and multidimensional effort by the government to provide comfort, relief and reliability to the potential investors. The IBC is both flexible and dynamic which makes it impactful given how forward-thinking the concept of an omnibus legislation of its nature actually is. The IBC goes beyond other similar pieces of legislations across the world and through the Insolvency and Bankruptcy Board of India IBBI, it has established an unprecedented or organization that both regulates and develops insolvency policy and SSS market realities. The Ministry of Corporate Affairs in its year and summary press release provided the context of India's rapid rise in the ease of doing business rankings and IBC's important role of the IBC in it. 
According to the resolving, resolving insolvency index, India's ranking improved to 52 in 2019 from 108 in 2018, a leap of 56 places. Further, the recovery rate improved nearly threefold from 26.5% in 2018 to 71.6% in 2019, and the overall time taken in recovery also improved nearly three times, coming down from 4.3 years in 2018 and to 1.6 years in 2019. Two key drivers from for the IBC are relatively short time bound processes and the focus on priority prioritizing prioritizing resolution rather than liquidation. The report of the Bankruptcy Law Reforms Committee speaks of the critical need for speed in the working of the bankruptcy court. It is clear that the inability to make significant decisions without full clarity of ownership and control delays resolution and the longer the delay the more likely that the entity in question would move towards liquidation rather than resolution the delays result in low value liquidation due to a high economic rate of depreciation higher value stems from the firm being acquired as a going concern Going forward there could perhaps be a look at institutionalizing the introduction of a pre-packed insolvency resolution process the need for which is highlighted by the necessary suspension of the IBC proceeding this will also help resolve matters expeditiously outside of the formal court system and allow resolution even during the covid-19 altered reality helping msmes The MCA along with IBBI are working diligently on putting in place a micro small and medium enterprises and non MSME MSME frameworks to help expedite this process at the same time given the need for social distancing and the suspension or limitation of physical hearing a concerted effort should be made to enhance the role of digitally conducted all processes and hearing to achieve greater efficiency in the new normal bringing in technology would help ease of access to justice and greatly help ease of doing business from a process and efficiency efficiency standpoint as well the ipc has provided a major stimulus to ease of doing business enhanced investors confidence and helped encourage entrepreneurship while also providing support to msmes its further streamlining and strengthening will surely instill greater confidence in both foreign and domestic investors as they look at india as an attractive investment destination Rajiv Kumar and Ishkara Sikri are respectively vice chairman and officer of special duty Niti Aayog the views expressed are personal with this thank you for the session meet you soon thank you all happy preparing